Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number two of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And VSIN and the Greg Peterson Experience would like to welcome in the good folks from Washington, D.C. Now on iHeartRadio 1190 and DMV's Best Bet on Sports and 104.7 FM, WWDC FM 101.1 FM as well. VSIN can be heard on all these stations starting at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern every weeknight afternoon. And You'll be here VEASAN all weekend long as well. And it is great because VEASAN has been growing to so many different markets. We're now in Washington, D.C. So welcome to all of you guys that are in on this. Great to have you aboard. And great to have you aboard for a great hour number two as we're going to be talking some college basketball. Been heating up with my DK Nation picks now. 14-3 and three in the last 17 with USC being able to get the job done. We're going to be hitting that in a second. But before then... Do want to give you guys a programming note that we're also going to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer this hour. Does absolutely amazing work over there at ESPN with the show, The Daily Wager, along with ESPN and their stats and information now or stats and information department. As he does a great job taking a look at the NFL, we're going to be breaking down all these Week 18 games here in the middle part of the hour, leading off with some college football. And Got to lead off with a big thanks to all the men and women that do a terrific work of helping out the Greg Peterson experience. While I myself have my name on the show, we've got so many people that work so hard behind the scenes. We've got Sean. He does a great job posting up our podcast every single hour. I apologize for 
not being able to side with the Quinnipiac Podcast in our number one, but he does great work, whether you like the Greg Peterson experience, follow the money, a numbers game, list goes on and on, all your favorite VEASAN shows. You're able to catch every single hour on the VEASAN Bets Bets feed or at VEASAN.com slash podcast. You've got Taylor, my audio engineer, all of you guys that are maybe a little bit new to the show. You're able to hear this very crystal clear and very, very well. And Taylor's man that is in charge of that. All the graphics that you're seeing on TV, VEASAN.com, YouTube TV, what have you. That is courtesy of Nick and the man that sets up all these interviews, all these great guests, and just in general keeps me in line, which is a very difficult task. That would be our wonderful producer, Jason Kahn. So a big thanks to them and a big thanks to USC for fighting for our bankrolls. They were able to make us some money on Thursday. And now we go to Friday as we're going to have a lot of Metro Atlantic action. And I do think that we've got a good game that is going to be going down with this one. 881-882. It is Iona. They hit the road. They're facing off against Marist. Marist is between a 13 and a 14 point underdog. And your total is between 136 and 136.5. And, and the pick that I'm going to be giving out and I'm going to be riding up. That is going to be on the total. I also do like Maris catching the points. I think that this is just a few too many. We saw Iona last year in a relatively similar spot where we all thought that they were the dominant team out there in the Metro Atlantic. Lo and behold, it turned out to be St. Peter's the Peacocks who ended up making an Elite Eight run. That was it's absolutely hilarious, but that said, you've got an Iona team that they're clearly the number one team in the conference, and they're going to get everyone's best shot. And I do think that Maris is going to be able to hold in there, and I think the reason why Maris is going to be able to hold in there is for the basis of my DK Nation pick of the under, because with Maris, they are a really, really slow team. As a matter of fact, 296th in all of college basketball in terms of possessions per game, and where they do a really good job of in terms of their defense it's on the interior. They are number 17 in all of college basketball in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. So they do a nice job of forcing you to take shots from the outside. And Iona is not necessarily a team that they're taking a lot of shots from three-point range. Only about 32.3% of field goal attempts for Iona come from three-point range. That is 308th in all of college basketball. You've got a Maris defense that... Certainly leaves a little bit of something to be desired in terms of opponents' three-point shooting percentage. They are in the bottom 30 in all of college basketball in that regard. But these offenses are sort of reversals of one another. I just mentioned that Iona doesn't take a lot of threes. Maris takes a boatload of threes. As a matter of fact, they rank in the top 30 nationally in terms of percentage of shots from three-point range, 22nd to be exact. And Iona, guess what? They rank 41st in the country in opponents' three-point shooting percentage. So... You sort of have a strength on strength sort of affair on offense and defense, really on both sides for this game, which I do find to be fascinating. This is a pair of teams that are the exact opposite in terms of their offense as well. Got a Iona team that they have gotten to at least 70 points in every one of their games thus far this year. Maris, 71 points or fewer in each out of their last 10. So it's a good old situation of something's got to give. I do think that... For this one, you're going to see Maris do a good job making this thing very, very slow, very, very grimy. And they're going up against an Iona defense that has been very good with their regard as well. 49th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And they have surrendered 57 points or fewer in every one of their Metro Atlantic games thus far. Relatively small sample size of three, but they're doing a great job of being able to pound these teams and just really keep things lower scoring. I do think that Maris is going to be able to hold within double digits in terms of 
this game, having it on their home floor. I did set Maris as a 9.5 point underdog, so going to be taking a look at the points right up here, though. We're going to be taking a look at this total, whether you got 136 or 136.5. I do like it under, as I set my total at a 129.5. So looking at the under, and I am going to be taking the points with Maris in this ordeal. How about if we continue on by taking a look at a game in the Metro Atlantic where I think the wrong team is favored. 885-886, you've got Manhattan, and they are going to be playing us Caduceus. Caduceus is between a 1.5 to a 2-point favorite, and your total on this game, it is 142.5. But with Manhattan, I feel like they should be the 2-point favorite. Now, it's a Manhattan squad that has been going through, shall we say, a turbulent season. That is probably the best way to put it because their coach, Steve Masiello, got canned two weeks before the start of the season. The Metro Atlantic, really, player of the year in the preseason, Jose Perez, decides that he is transferring elsewhere. It looks like he's probably not going to be able to play for West Virginia at all this season, which is very, very unfortunate for him. But with Man with Manhattan, they still do have the best little post player in this game. That would be Josh Roberts. Comes in from St. John's. Has been able to give the team nine rebounds, right around 10 or so points per contest. Is able to give you a few blocks. And for Canisius, I just can't set them as a road favorite until they, oh, I don't know, actually win a few games. Canisius has won two games straight up all season long. It has been a not-so-savory run of things for them. And with this Canisius bunch, you just wonder when they're going to be able to make through. Are they getting a little bit unlucky? Absolutely, but this defense leaves a lot to be desired. Opponents are shooting 39.7% from three on them. That is 359th in the country. And I recognize that this is not a main end team that's necessarily going to be going bombs away from three, but man, that is not great to say the least. And then you've got Jordan Henderson and Josh Stivaski. These two gentlemen have been able to give this Kanisha squad right in that neighborhood about 25 and a half points per contest. They do a good job doling out five and a half assists per game. And Jameer Moultrie is coming. He comes in from Kennesaw State, 11 points per game. She's a well from three point range. So Kanisha, you know what? They're able to put up the points, but at the same time, when you're just giving up the amount of open looks that they are, it really does put you a little bit behind the eight ball, and you really don't have supreme rebounding with this team either. You've got a pair of guys in Yako Fritz along with Xavier Long. They've been able to combine for just under 12 rebounds per game, so they've been able to do a relatively okay job on that front. But Manhattan, despite the fact that they did lose Jose Perez along with Omar Silviero in the offseason, they do have Samir Stewart. He was a little bit banged up to begin the season, but he and Nelson combining for just under 7.5 assists per game. Stewart is able to give you 15 points per game, and he's shooting 37.5% from three on volume, taking 8.33 per contest. I do think that the lack of defense is really going to be dooming Canisius, and let's call it what it is. Both of these defenses are not great. Manhattan, 295th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. Canisius more around 306, so... It's a case where I really don't know where they're getting this total of right around 142.5 at because both of these defenses absolutely stink and both of these teams are relatively up-tempo. Now, it's not like they're absolutely gunning it or anything like that, but Kadisha's 69th in the country in terms of possessions per game. Manhattan is a team that ranks in the top 100 as well. They're more around 98th, 99th, so you had a pair of teams that they like to play fast, a pair of teams that they play absolutely no defense whatsoever, so... A circumstance where I did set my total at 147. I'm going to be looking at the over in this spot. And with Manhattan, I made them the home favorite. I'm going to be willing to take them on the money line as an underdog. We've been looking at a lot of these mid-majors. We have yet to hit the Mid-American Conference, though. So let's give you guys some Friday action. 893, 894 on the betting board. It is Ball State. They're going to be playing us at Akron. 
Akron is between a one and a half to a two point underdog with your total between one thirty three and a half and one thirty four and a half. And once again, I think the wrong team is favored. I said Akron as a one and a half point favorite. I think that Xavier Castaneda is going to be able to take over this game and be the best scorer out there on the floor. He's been able to deliver 19 and a half points, three assists, shooting over 40% from three point range for, for Akron. And then you've got Enrique Freeman, 13 and a half points, 10 and a half boards. He's done a rock solid job there. Now that's really a big two for them. Past that, you are going to need to get a little bit more of Trenton Ankerson, but he's a guy that I like. Comes in from Northern Illinois, so good familiarity with the Mac. Been able to give you right around nine points, five rebounds per game, but he just does what's needed. Some nights he needs to bury a few threes, and he's able to do so. Shooting 39% from three-point range. Some nights they need him to grab five rebounds. He's able to do so. Some nights they need him to just generate a few steals. He is a very good, versatile glue guy for the team. Meanwhile, you take a look at the uh, Ball State side, and you've got Jerron Coleman along Jalen Sellers. They've been able to do a great job in the backcourt for this team, combining for 28.5 points. Just under nine and a half rebounds per game with Coleman. He's able to give you three and a half assists per game. And you got the unsustainable 57% three-point shooting of Jalen Sellers. He certainly is rock solid, but that should be coming downward a little bit. Payton Sparks should be able to do a solid job down low and against Enrique Freeman. He's able to give you 13 points, eight rebounds per game. But ultimately, I do think that Freeman is going to be able to win that battle. And then you got guys like a Mikey Pearson who's been able to do an okay job being able to give you seven points, right around five rebounds per game. But I do think that in this spot, you just get a little bit more pop out of Xavier Castaneda. It's an accurate team that they've done a good job of getting their tempo. They rank right around 300 in terms of possessions per game. And Ball State is a sub-250 tempo team as well. Semi-total, 132.5. I'm diving under. Animal and take Akron out right on the money line. And coming up next, we take a look at Week 18 of the NFL with Mackenzie Kramer over at ESPN. It's on the flip side of the Greg Peterson experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. 
Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's chill mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the chill collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. on VSN, the sports betting network. We are back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSN, the sports betting network, and it is great to be joined by Mackenzie Kramer. Does absolutely amazing work over at ESPN with the Sets and Information Department, also doing great work on their show, The Daily Wager. And Mackenzie, it's always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Well, it's great to be on, looking to bounce back for me after a little bit of a rough week 17. And week 18, there's a whole lot of variables going on, so I'm looking forward to talking about them with you. Ironically enough, I had a good week 17, but a bad week 16. So I was experiencing that right around this time last week. So I guess the shoe is on the other foot on this one. And Mackenzie, just first things first, before we dive into these games, did you have to do anything different? Because for one, it's week 18. And when you have the last week of the NFL season, what used to be week 17 a few years ago, in my opinion, it's just the toughest week to handicap just because you have to gauge guys that are starting, guys that are sitting, contract incentives, what have you. But on top of that, just the unfortunate events of Monday Night Football, which if very good to see all the good updates happening with DeMar Hamlin. You want to see them continuing, and you just hope that that gentleman is able to resume as normal a life as humanly possible. But have you had to do anything different as a result of just all the hoopla that's went on the last few days in general? I mean, it's it's so hard to nearly handicap this around the Demar Hamlin thing. That's obviously such a sad story, and we're all hoping for the best for him. But as for handicapping Week 18, there's so many different things that have changed, even just from from Sunday. I mean, look at the Giants Eagles game, for instance. It wasn't that long ago we were thinking that the Giants might have something to play for in this game, and the Eagles be arrest everybody. Now it's the exact opposite with the with the Eagles laying 14 in that game. And there have been a lot of games where even this week we've seen a lot of movement. Like if you're on top of the Bears Vikings game and you start reading the tea leaves that, you know, that Eberflus isn't exactly isn't saying Justin Fields is, is a lock to play. Maybe you get the Vikings below seven. And now that's moved to seven and a half now that uh, Fields is officially out. So sometimes you just got to read the tea leaves with the injuries and kind of make educated guesses of where the lines are going to go. We've seen, we've seen so many lines 
flipped. The favorites have flipped multiple times and Jets, Dolphins, and Broncos, Chargers. There's so many games where the motivations just change, not even just a week-by-week basis, but seemingly on a day-by-day basis with the injuries. Oh, absolutely, because I mean, like we were seeing it with the Washington Commanders, for instance, they started Carson Wentz last week, and then it was looking like it was going to be Taylor Heineke. Now they're going to be going to Sam Howell. So, I mean, unless if they bring someone in off the street, they've had pretty much as many quarterback switches as you could possibly have over the course of 72 or so hours. So that is absolutely fascinating to say the least. But we do know that we're going to be getting the starters in terms of Packers versus Lions and then Titans versus Jags because both of these games they have big-time playoff implications. Let's start with the one for Saturday in Titans versus the Jaguars with the Jags. They opened up as a seven-point favorite. They got bet down to six in a lot of spots. Now we're seeing a pretty even split of six to six-and-a-half, where I sit here at Circa is a six. You're seeing at DraftKings a six-and-a-half. Where do you stand on this game? Because I do think that for both of these teams are going in opposite directions. The Titans are going downward. Meanwhile, the Jags, they're ascending. But at the same time, I did like what I saw out of Joshua Dobbs in Thursday Night Football. Certainly better than what I saw out of Malik Willis with his starts this year. When I first saw this line, every bone in my body wanted to bet on the Titans in this game because this fits so many trends that I like to bet, which are you have a team like Jacksonville that's used to being a favorite. And when they are a favorite, they typically lose. Last week's snap a seven-game losing streak outright when they're a favorite. In fact, they've still lost six straight when they're, a, when they're a home favorite. Now, the Titans have always been pretty good as a big underdog under Mike Vrabel. Not so much recently, but historically, they have an above 500 record when they're at least getting four and a half points. But you look, look closer at these two teams, and it's really hard to back the Titans in this one. Our FBI model actually has the Jaguars minus 12 in this game because I know Josh Dobbs is an upgrade over Malik Willis. I totally agree with you there, but he's still a journeyman quarterback they signed two weeks ago. So it's hard to add that much faith in the Titans. So lean the Jaguars at this game. I've been hovering up my, my thumb's been hovering over Jaguars minus six in the circa for a bit, but I haven't quite pulled the trigger there. But what I have pulled the trigger is with the with the over 40 in this game because I think this is a game where both teams' offenses can do can do some things, especially the Jaguars through the air. We've seen the Titans be a pass funnel defense all year long. And the Jaguars run up defense isn't great. You've arrested Derrick Henry on the other side. If the Jaguars don't take a big lead, then I think Derrick Henry's going to be able to do some things on the ground. And if the Jaguars do take a big lead, that's because their offense did something. So I think you have multiple outs to get to over 40 points in this one. And I think that if you do want to take the Jaguars in this one, maybe do a little same game parlay with the Trevor Lawrence over on this passing yards, because I think if the Jaguars do win this game, it's through the arm of Trevor Lawrence. So that's kind of how I'm looking to play Saturday night football. Yep. And with Trevor Lawrence, he certainly has been able to do an incredible job the last few weeks. If you take a look at the last four or five weeks, depending upon how you want to slice it there, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So that has been rather impressive. We've also got to touch on this Packers versus Lions game. Yep figure that the Lions are going to have some sort of playoff implications going into this one, but there is a scenario where they could be knocked out before the game starts. I'm sure that that is not going to affect them one bit because we know Dan Campbell. He is a good motivator and he is not a man that is going to be folding on anything. This could be a game of tiddlywinks, and I'm sure that he would be going full bore in this one. And with the Lions, currently they're four and a half point underdogs. So on this game, in between 49 and 49 and a half. Any sort of a lean here because with the Packers, I do think they get the, get it done. I do think that they're going to be able to make the playoffs. I just fear that this game lands three. There's that much of a difference between these two teams if they're playing at full strength. I mean, you look at some of the recent odds. The Packers were minus three last week against the Vikings. 
couple weeks ago, the Lions were two and a half over the Vikings at home. So that kind of tells me that Sportsbook didn't think there was a big difference between the Lions and the Vikings. So now there's a point and a half difference between this week and last week. That seems like a pretty big change for me. I think these two teams are relatively equal. Now, I get that the motivation factor is part of the reason why this line is four and a half, because most likely the Lions are, aren't going to have much to play for. Seattle's about a minus 260 favorite I saw on the money line. So if Seattle wins that game, Detroit technically has nothing to play for. But, you know, you're not, not going to find out until 45 minutes before game time that whether or not their playoff motivation is still there. They're going to prepare all week as if this is a must-win game. And like you said, I think Dan Campbell, that they're going to be motivated to keep the Packers out of the playoffs regardless. So I have a small play on Lions getting four and a half. I don't want to go too heavy just because I think this line could move up if the uh, Seahawks if the Seahawks win that game. So maybe I can even get a six closer to game time. Of course, there is the risk of it going the other way if the Rams pull off the upset in that game. Maybe if you want, you can parlay the, uh, the Rams and the Lions or the Seahawks and Packers if you want, since those lines seem correlated. I also like the under in this game. First game was 15-9 to nine in a dome. Now, I know the Lions had a lot of injuries in that game, and it, but the Lions offense didn't really do that much in this game, in that game, and Packers offense was pretty good in that game, but they had a lot of untimely turnovers. But I think 49 is a little bit too high for this game. So I like the Lions. I haven't fully bet it yet. I bet a little bit in four and a half, and I like the under 49 as well. Absolutely. I do think that this is going to be a really interesting game, and I think that we're both on the same page here. Even if the Lions are eliminated, they're still going to be going full board. They're still going to be going at it. So that is something that helps in this sort of a circumstance. And I did allude to it a little bit earlier. The Washington Commanders, well, it feels like they're playing musical chairs right now. And as a result, we've been seeing musical chairs in terms of the line in this game between they and the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys, they're now a full seven-point favorite with your total anywhere between 40 and a half and 41. Don't blame you for laid off here, but what did you take? did you take a look at in terms of this game? Because with the Washington Commanders, I do think that Sam Howell is going to be motivated, no doubt about it. He's wanting to prove that he is worth just this organization, giving him a little bit more of a shot in general. And with the Dallas Cowboys, there's still a very outside shot that if they're able to win this game, that they're able to get the division certainly would be unlikely, but there still is that outside chance. Well, they get a one seed. I mean, that they need basically two 14-point dogs win outright and they did win this game so it's not really likely but still alive for that but as for this game they have a strong lead on this game it's hard to really know what what washington's going to do in this game but she kind of liked sam howell coming out of college i thought he'd go earlier than the fifth round which he did but it's the later the week it goes on it looks like washington might be resting a lot of the relevant guys especially on the defensive side if that's the case then i don't really want to back the commanders because that was my first lead when they hit, hit seven was maybe trying to find a way to bet washington but the way it's looking right now i think we'll stay away yeah, I don't blame you there. This is a little bit of a tough one. And I mean, it is a little bit tough to take a look at this game as well. But with the Las Vegas Raiders, I did really like what I saw from them last week as they're currently a nine to a nine and a half point underdog with a total of between 52 and 52 and a half. Jared Stidham, it was his first career start, if I remember correctly, because he was with the Patriots for a little bit of time. He saw some work there, but he was never really the starter for them. Meanwhile, with the Chiefs, They've always been a team that they get the outright win in these sort of games, but they typically don't cover as north of a touchdown favorite. And that's sort of where I'm leaning here, taking the Raiders plus nine, thinking that this is going to be more like a seven-point game. Well, you just mentioned it. The Chiefs are 5-0 and in division play. 0-5 against the spread. <laughs> never seen <laughs> outright an 0-6 against the spread in division play in the Super Bowl era. I lean with you and the Raiders in this game. Jared Stidham, first career start last week against the 49ers, maybe the toughest defense in the NFL. 77 QBR, 10.7 yards per attempt. 
plus 12% CPOE completion percentage over expected. Played unbelievably in that game. Played better than Derek Moore has all season. Their weapons are finally healthy. And I don't like the Raiders plus the points, but I like the over more in this game. Chiefs are going to be motivated, and they're going to be motivated to stay aggressive if Mahomes has, has a good game because he needs 430 yards to break the single-season passing record. His prop is 322 and a half, I saw. It's the highest in Caesars this year by 14 yards. So I think the Chiefs are going to be motivated to support the Raiders instead of a point. So over 52 and a half, I kind of like that. Absolutely. I think that that's a good look there on the player prop as well. And coming up next, we're going to continue to look at this Week 18 slate with Mackenzie Kramer, VSPN, here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Winter sports are in full swing, and BetRivers Online Sportsbook is your home for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a hockey, basketball, or football fan, BetRivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and so much more as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and being rejoined by Mackenzie Kramer, does great work over at the Daily Wager of ESPN, along with their Stats and Information Department and Mackenzie, I know that we were just talking about that Raiders versus Chiefs game, and you were pointing out the fact that Patrick Mahomes has a sky-high player prop for his passing yards this week. You think that the MVP award, whether or not he hits it or not, is pretty much a done deal? Take me through this, because we're still seeing odds to be able to win MVP posted up in a few shops. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, a very sizable favorite in that market, but... And said, take me through this one because I know that there are some people trying to make the case that because Jalen Hurts was out, it actually helps out his cause just a little bit. But I think the timing of the injury just still really rough. I mean, it's not exactly a bold statement to say that a guy who's a minus 750 favorite is going to win an award. But I don't, I don't really see that much of a for Jalen Hurts. I kind of understand. I mean, case I was told for people who like Hurts are. The odds for a Raiders money line win and the Eagles covering the spread, you can get that around plus 750, and the odds for Hurts are better than that. But I think you need a good deal more than that. Mahomes' numbers blow Jalen Hurts out of the the water in pretty much every single category, and the Chiefs are likely going to get the one or the two seed in the AFC. Even if if Jalen Hurts has a ridiculous game on Sunday, I just don't think the numbers are are there. And plus, this is a ranked-choice voting award, so I think you'll have some voters that look at the games he missed and aren't going to put in one or two in their ballots, whereas Mahomes is going to be one or two on pretty much every single ballot. So I think Mahomes pretty much has this wrapped up. I think there's some value on the minus 750, but you don't really want to lock up your money for five weeks. I really understand that. So that's kind of my take on the MVP. Yep, I don't blame you there. I do think that with Patrick Mahomes, it certainly does sew it up. And I mean, as unfortunate as it is, we just don't know what was going to happen in that Monday night football game as well, because for Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, they're two of the main competitors in this race as well. I mean, they just have no showing whatsoever. We're going to call it what it is. It sounds like they're probably not going to be making up that game, and I don't blame them for not making up that game. I know there were one or two people saying that there's just bad mojo around it in general, and I can't say that I necessarily disagree with them, and I do think that it's just a really rough situation, but they get costed an opportunity to be able to prove themselves on the field, so I don't disagree there. And when it comes to what we're going to be getting in terms of the Sunday action in the NFL, this Jets versus Dolphins game is fascinating because it looked like both of these teams were honestly locks for the playoffs about a month or so ago, and things have went sideways for both of these teams. The Jets are a two-point underdog with your total now at 38.5 for Miami. 
No question about it. Not having Tua in the fold, that has certainly hurt them. And for the Jets, Mike White last week just did not necessarily look like himself. Still was better than Zach Wilson, but that's really a low bar to clear. It's pretty much setting the bar on the ground and just asking you to pretty much step over that bar. But that said, where do you stand in terms of this Dolphins versus Jets game? Really, the disappointment bowl this week. I mean, if you have the Dolphins over eight and a half, you've been thinking that you have this locked up for about a month and a half now. And uh, I have the under, so I'm pretty happy about that. But I also have a bit over seven. So we've been stuck on that for five games as well. And I, I don't think I'm going to get that because I think the Dolphins are probably going to win this game. I think that the Jets have been so lifeless offensively for the last two weeks. They have not even scored a single offensive touchdown in the last two weeks. You either have a banged up Mike White behind a shaky offensive line and if he's out, then you're basically playing Joe Flacco and Chris Strebler in a, a probably in a combo <laughs> situation with Strebler doing a lot of rushing packages because the Jets haven't run the ball in weeks. And I think, but I think the other play in this game is 38 and a half. I think it's a little bit high, even with the Dolphins offense and some of the explosive guys they have out there. Skylar Thompson, he didn't do very well against the Jets in this first game. I know Teddy Bridgewater's been doing a little bit more in practice. I don't expect him to play, but even if he does, he'll probably be limited. And the strength of this Jets defense are their quarterback group. The Jets might have the best cornerback trio in the NFL against Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. They were able to limit them a lot in the first matchup. And I don't think the Jets are going to put up a lot of points. And I think the Jets defense can limit Miami. So I think 38 and a half, that might be a little bit high in this one, especially if Mike White sits. Yep, absolutely. I do think that this is such an intriguing game just because with both of these teams, things were looking so promising for them about a month ago. And well, things have not necessarily been able to go their way and, I'm not sure if you have anything in terms of this 49ers versus Arizona Cardinals game, but I think that it's just so interesting because if you see the Eagles have a little bit of a struggle against the New York Giants, I think that they could be going full bore. I think that they could keep their starters in the full game and things of that nature. Meanwhile, if you see the Eagles just completely taking it to the Giants, it's like 31 to zero at the half. I could see them getting benched in the second half. And with the 49ers being a 14-point favorite, I just think that's in general a little bit too high. I'm not sure if you have any thoughts here, but just having in the back of my mind the fact that the 49ers might rest guys in the second half leads me towards the Arizona Cardinals catching 14. I think that you definitely, you're definitely onto something there. And I think that the way I might try to play that is maybe play a second half under if, uh, if we get either, if we get a blowout in this game or the, or the uh, Giants are looking like they're going to lose in that game. I can easily see the Niners resting their starters in the second half on this one. It might be a hold your nose and take the Cardinals game. We've seen Kingsbury do well as a road underdog, 10 and two against the spread last few years. They have been a little bit feisty the last couple of weeks. I mean, they almost beat Atlanta last week. They almost beat Tampa Bay for that, but I don't know if they have that much left in the tank. San Francisco is just such a better team. The question is, are they going to play all their guys? If they are, this line should be bigger than 14, but I don't know if they are. So 14, that might be enough to be on Arizona, but I'm probably just going to stay off of this one. Yeah, I don't blame you there. It's been a Cardinals team that it's been a rough year for them, and I think I put it about as politely as I could on that front. And for the Panthers and the New Orleans Saints, this has been this is just an intriguing game to me because with the Saints, I expected so much more out of them this year. I thought that this was a team that they were a good bet to be able to make the playoffs. Perhaps that they would be that team that really challenged for the division. Never ended up happening, and with the Panthers. They sold away everything at the trade deadline and before losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that really they had control of for three quarters. 
I mean, they were looking like that surprise team. And now we find the Panthers as a three and a half point underdog, total of 42. I don't know if I can back the Carolina Panthers here, but with what I've seen all year long out of the Saints, I just can't lay this number. See, I was the opposite of you. Before the season started, I was kind of on Carolina because I thought the Saints and Panthers were probably similar quality teams. And I thought the Saints were being valued heavily, more heavily in the market. So I thought Carolina had some pretty long playoff odds that I got on early in the season. I thought that was dead pretty early in the year, but it was still alive entering last week. But And I still kind of feel that way about these two teams. I think that they're relatively equal. I think three is a pretty valuable number in this game. So you're going to give me three and a half in this one. I know it's a pretty simple handicap, but I just don't think there's that much of a difference between these two teams. And I think three is very valuable. So as long as the number is north of three, I'm on Carolina. Yep, I do not blame you on that one because, man, I mean, for the Saints, this offense was expecting a lot out of them. And Chris Olave has been able to do a solid job this year, but it's not really panned out. This game, I think, is the ultimate sort of what motivation do you have game because you've got the L.A. Chargers are on the road facing off against the Denver Broncos, and the Broncos are now between a two-and-a-half and a, a three-point home favorite. I recognize that the Chargers have locked up a playoff spot, but I just don't know what we're going to get out of the Broncos because they can Nathaniel Hackett after Christmas, and it was very clear that it was not working out because the Broncos they actually looked halfway decent against the Kansas City Chiefs last week. We were hearing how much it might be Nathaniel Hackett, how much of the struggles they were regarding Russell Wilson. And I think that this game is going to be able to tell us a little bit more about it. I'm not sure if there's a way that you're playing it and or if you have any thoughts on that. But just seeing this line, I would be more inclined to take the Chargers than anything else. But I've got a lot of trepidation just because I don't know what to expect out of the Broncos. In our FBI model at ESPN Analytics, if everybody plays for the Chargers, we think the line should be closer to like nine. So clearly this line is, is assuming that a lot of the Chargers are going to sit. I mean, even, and the lines, the favorites flipped a couple of times in this game. I don't think I'm going to play this game, but the only thing I would say is if you like the Chargers, probably with them with the Ravens, since the Ravens win gives them something to play for. And if you like the Broncos, probably them with the Bengals or vice versa. If you like the Bengals, probably with them with the Broncos, because then you'll get a little bit of closing line value on this game. And, but in terms of just a pre-flop play, I'm staying away from this game. And I know that you do have a little bit of a teaser for this week eight team as well. Take me through what you're taking a look at in terms of teaser options and what you might fire in on. It's the two teams that I think are going to win this week outright, which are the Bengals that have motivation to win, which are the Vikings and the Bengals. First of all, the Vikings, the Bears are also distance. The Bears are also motivated not to win, as we've seen with them starting Nathan Peterman this week. In fact, in one of my 13 remaining survivor entries since the start of the season, or I actually the only one that's left, I should say, I'm rolling with Minnesota in this game. And I think the Vikings minus four in the first half might be a good way to play that game as well. But I like Minnesota as one teaser leg. And the other one, I like Cincinnati. Uh, they only need to win this game. I don't think the Ravens, especially with Anthony Brown starts, which it looks like it might be trending toward. I don't really trust him to put up any points against this Bengals defense. Bengals can win this division with the win. I think they'll do enough to get the win. I don't know if they're going to play their starters the entire game, but I think they'll do enough to make sure they get the win in this game. So Vikings and the Bengals, I like on a two-team six-point user. I like that look, and something else I like is getting you on the show, Mackenzie. You do amazing work over there at ESPN. Always do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. We'll even on TCU in the playoff as well. Absolutely. It's going to be a great college football playoff, and Speaking of college, we got to take a look at some college basketball for Friday next here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network.
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun! Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too. With thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Become a VSIM Pro subscriber for just $79 and you get access to everything that we do now through the Big Dance sign up and you also receive $20 to buy VSIM sports betting hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear at our online store. And only VSIM Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIM shows and guests, betting splits, and betting reports. 
This is a limited time offer, so sign up now and get VEASAN Pro access through the end of March Madness at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to get Mackenzie Kramer aboard. Does great work over there at ESPN. Join me the last few segments, taking a look at the NFL. And in hour number three, I'm going to do my darndest to try to give you guys my Circa Millions card. It is going to be a very, very difficult week because week 18, you just, you've got so many variables with guys, whether they're going to be starting, whether they're going to be resting, whether you're going to have teams that play their starters for a half, what have you. So, man, it is going to be a relatively brutal week. And I can tell you right now, I am going to end this contest with $0. I have not done good enough to even put myself in consideration for the booby prize. And at the same time, I've done nowhere near good enough to even approach the top 100. So, a little bit disappointing there because you either want to be really, really good or really, really bad. The Worst place to be, just like in the NBA, is sort of in the middle where it's like, all right, we're competing for the eight seed. Oh, boy. You saw that with the Philadelphia 76ers going into tank mode. Perhaps I should have done that, but if I would have tried to get all the picks wrong, I probably would have gotten them all right, just knowing my luck. So there is that. Maybe maybe that's the strategy that I try for next year. Try to get them all wrong, and instead, you get them all right, and we got like 90% for the season, and we get some historic campaign, but... We try to get them all right when it comes to college basketball. It goes a little bit better on that front for me rather than the NFL. Though I will say the player props this year, not too shabby themselves. But let's take a look at what we've all got on this college basketball card for Friday. And this is going to be the earliest of the game. And it's the highest total on the board. This is 869-870. You've got Toledo playing host of Western Michigan. Western Michigan opened up a 14-point underdog. This is hiked up. It's anywhere between 15 and 16. And your total on this game is anywhere between 156.5 and 157. And this is starting to get a little bit too lofty for me. At the 14 that we were seeing a little bit earlier, still by point. And for those over at DraftKings, I'm still seeing a 15. And that's really the max I'd be willing to lay with Toledo. And I think that you have to lay a little bit of juice on Toledo as well. As we're getting up further and further this is going to be a take on western michigan though i set western michigan a 15 and a half point underdog so i need at least 16 to be able to fire in and now half the books at vegas are now showing a 16 on this game and with toledo they're just really really sad on defense and really both of these teams have been pathetic defensive teams toledo in terms of your 363 d1 teams they are 300th in the country in terms of points a lot on a per possession basis Western Michigan is 339th. Now, typically you'd think, oh, that means that the over is free money. But with Western Michigan, they're also playing at one of the slowest tempos in all of college basketball. And they've done a good job of being able to get their slow tempo. 329th in the country in terms of possessions per game. So you're going to need a lot of efficiency to be able to get that in. And when it comes to Western Michigan, you've got one guy that's been able to do a really good job on the offensive side of things for the team. That would be Lamar Norman Jr., He's able to average right around 18 points, two and a half boards, two and a half assists, shooting 39% from three-point range. I really like what I've seen out of him this season. You do have Marquise Hastings, who's been able to give the team right around nine rebounds per game as well. So he's been solid down low. You've been able to get a little bit of ancillary production out of the Maddox brothers on both sides as well, because both of these guys, Darius and Trey Maddox, they used to play with each other over at Kelsey Fullerton a season ago. 
Now they are going mano a mano, so this is going to be fun. Trey, who plays for Western Michigan, he's been able to give this team right around 12 points. He's only shooting about 31% from three, but going upward, he's been able to give the team 15-plus points in two out of the last three games. Was a little bit banged up towards the beginning part of the season. Now he's starting to ascend. Meanwhile, you've got Darius Maddox on the flip side for the Toledo Rockets, and he's left a little bit of something to be desired as well. Perhaps they should not have split up the band because with Dante Maddox, he's been able to give you 10 points, chips in their seal per game, shoots 41.5% from three-point range, but your main headliner for the Toledo team because Mr. Maddox, he is the number four scorer for Toledo. That'd be Ray J. Dennis and J.T. Shulmate. These two guys are combining for 38 points, eight and a half boards. You get six assists on 1.6 yields per game out of Ray J. Dennis, along with a 37% three-point shooting percentage. And with J.T. Shulmate, he stands right around six foot seven. He's firing it in at a 41% clip. And Toledo, they're a good three-point shooting team. They're shooting 36.5% from distance, despite the fact that they played a top 40 mark in terms of possessions per game, they're only turning it over 10.8 times per contest. And is one of the top efficiency marks in all of college basketball. And it's a case of something's got to give here because with Toledo, defense has not been stellar for them. 72 plus points surrendered in each out of their last four games. And you're able to date it back. It's pretty much six out of their last seven. Meanwhile, for Western Michigan, they've been a little bit topsy-turvy and up and down in terms of their offense as well. They're coming off of a nice cover that they were able to get against Wisconsin and they only lost that game by 10 so they were able to do a nice job of holding in there but they have scored 66 points or fewer and now out of their D1 games because there were a few games that were played against non-D1 teams but other D1 games 66 or fewer and now five out of their last six games so you got a Western Michigan team that is not scoring you got a Toledo team that's scoring a ton but they're not really giving you anything whatsoever on the defensive side of things so I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that Western Michigan has just enough to be able to hold in there, and I do think that they're going to look to just make this game be played at their own tempo. They're going to give up their points, but at the same time, they're going to try and make this thing sloppy, slow. They do a solid job on the glass with Titus Wright being able to give them right around five rebounds, seven and a half points per game, and Tafari Sims, the transfer from UW-Milwaukee, has been able to shoot about 44.5% from three-point range, so a circumstance where... Here at 16 or greater, I'm going to be willing to take the points with Western Michigan. Really, my max buy point on Toledo would be the 15 that I'm seeing at DraftKings. And when it comes to this total, set it at a 153.5. I think Western Michigan gets their slow, grimy tempo, so I'm going to be willing to dive under. And I'm looking at 16-plus here when it comes to Western Michigan. When it comes to the Ivy League, we're going to be taking a look at this big favorite as we've got 873-874 on the board. Yale is going to be playing us at Dartmouth. Dartmouth is an underdog between 15 and a half and 16 points. Total on this game is anywhere between 129 and 130. And this is a Yale team that has been really, really dominant against the spread in recent years. They are one of the best conference cover rate teams in all of college basketball. And I think that they're going to continue that. Sounds high, but I set my number at 19. And the reason why I did set my number at 19 is that this Dartmouth team is creating turnovers in a way that it would make Sarah Lee proud. 16 turnovers per game. This is a Dartmouth team that they just can't find any sort of offense whatsoever. And now they have to go against a Yale team that is allowing, I'm not even kidding here, 65.2 points per 100 possessions at home. That is the number one mark in all of college basketball, home and road. If you combine them, they're 12th of the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. But if you face it out and you make it just home games, they're the top team in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And, and you go up against a Dartmouth team that has been 
dead on the offensive end. I think that that's a proper way of putting it. 347th in the country in points scored on a per-possession basis. Yale just pounds you into oblivion. They've got Matt Noling back in the fold. He's able to give you 16 points per game. And then you've got just so many guys that they do a good job of rebounding by committee. I mentioned Noling. He's been able to give the team right around 4.5 rebounds per game. But then you've got EJ Jarvis. He's able to chip in there 10 points, 4.5 rebounds per game. John Polidikas out in the backcourt. He's been one of their main three-point shooters, firing it in at a 41.5% clip. You've been able to get good production out of Bez Embeg. He's coming off of getting 10 rebounds in the team's last game. Just does a little bit of everything. 7 points, 4.5 boards, 3.2 assists per game. They're able to go right around 8 to 9 deep with the rotation. All these guys do a good job of firing all cylinders. And for Dartmouth, you've got some big-time question marks with this team. As Dean Etikulin has had to do it all for them. 11 points. He's able to chip in their 7.5 rebounds per game. And... At 1.9 assists per game, that's actually one of the better marks on the team. As Ryan Cornish is the only guy that's giving you more than two assists per game. He's been able to give you 11 points. Shoots right around 33% from three-point range. And Dusan and Neskovich has been able to do a solid job with a little bit over 10 points per game. But left their last game very early due to an injury. It looks like there's a chance that he might not play in this game. Just everything is working against Dartmouth. Dartmouth has decided to crank up their tempo. It's not been going well for them. I think that they could be starting to dip that just a little bit. I set my total at 125, even though Dartmouth is looking to run it and gun it a little bit more. They're not able to produce anything with those product with those possessions. And I said Yale has a 19-point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to lay this summer as well. And that leads us into our pro tip for our number two right here on vsonvsoncom slash subscribe for all these. And it is that if you're looking at the NBA, take a look at early line movement because that could be an early indicator of injuries and or load management that has become very common. And coming up next, I do my best to fill up my Circa Millions card for week 18 of the NFL right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years. Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.